Hi everybody, it's me, Jackie. Um, on today's episode, I do have a song that I want to reference for the topic today. The topic that I've chosen to discuss today is mental illness. And the reason why I chose to discuss mental illness is because there's always been a particular stigma behind addressing mental illness, behind addressing the possibility that there may be something wrong with you that's triggering your behavior or causing you to think a certain way or behave a certain way. Most people just don't like to address it. And we like to keep going on and on throughout lives. Um, just believing that we're totally fine. Even if we've had the worst experiences and the worst childhood and the worst family experiences and things that have affected us in the past, we just like to sweep it all under the rug and act like we're normal. But I think that if you really want to have healthy relationships and be able to push past those things, you have to address them. You have to face them. What I'm going to do today is go over some of the most common mental disorders that affect adults. There's a whole different subset of these conditions that affect children, but I wanted to focus on adults and the things that affect you later on in life. Um, The song that I've selected for today is by one of my favorite artists. Her name is Amel LaRue. She has a song called Don't Let Me Down. This is a song that I had on repeat when I was going through a lot in my life. Um, I'm going to read the lyrics of the song to you and then let you know how that relates to my life and what I went through at that time. So once again, the name of the song is called Don't Let Me Down. And the song goes, I watch your lips moving. I see the words taking shape, but love's like a language I cannot translate. I can't afford to be careless and let you in. I turn my head for one minute and lose everything. Wish I had someone whom I could lean cause everybody's always counting on me with my hands held real tight always ready to fight for the few pieces of joy I have now you have turned on a light and I've lost my sight but my heart still remembers the sound of a dream of a love one day found so don't let me down Your past, it may be rocky, but your present is clear. My present situation is the sum of all my fears. I take responsibility for the few things I've done right, but I got so much on my plate, I'm scared to take another bite. Wish I had someone on whom I could lean. Still, I don't want no one's charity. 
with my hands held real tight always ready to fight for the few pieces of joy i have now you have turned on a light and i've lost my sight but my heart still remembers the sound of a dream of a love one day found so don't let me down to still any good heartbreaks and bullets can try to steal any good from my life fathers and lovers have lied rivers have flowed from my eyes never seen love face to face just seen it walking away why would you think I would recognize something that's never been mine you have turned on a light and I've lost my sight but my heart still remembers the sound of a dream of a love one day found you're the dream of a love one day found and the freedom from what kept me bound and a promise of staying around my eyes may not work for me now but my heart sure remembers the sound so if you're saying it please say it loud and don't let me down and once again that is a beautiful song by Amel LaRue I'm sure you can find it on all streaming platforms um, I know for sure that it's on Spotify because that's what I personally use that song has a lot of direct relation to my life and a lot of experiences that I've had this song is addressing someone that has known nothing their entire life but abandonment of disappointment of being someone everyone else counted on but not having anyone to lean on for themselves and the song puts them in a situation to where someone has come into their life to try and love them and they don't know how to receive it because they've never had it before and this song is her explaining that she does not know how to receive love because it's something she's never had before and explaining all of the things that led up to that and there's a lot of different issues that you know you could go deeper into um, with that song you can listen to it and make your own judgment but for me I got a lot of um, abandonment issues from that song and you know abandonment issues definitely do come into play with mental illness they definitely do um, it's a subset of many different mental illnesses so <clears throat> I want to start with just 
talking about what mental illness is because like I said it definitely has a, a negative stigma behind it and people tend to think of it in extremes as if you have some sort of mental illness you're just crazy and that's not always the case a lot of times you see mental illness displayed right in front of your face in regular everyday life and people that seemingly are totally normal to you most mental illness is an internal struggle it's what people are going through on the inside you won't see it most of the time you're not going to see people going around acting crazy most of the time those are extreme situations Um, mental disorders are pretty much any patterns of behavior or symptoms that affect and impact multiple areas of your life the ones that I want to single out today I want to start with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Yes, this is something that we commonly hear about in children. However, a lot of times, children that suffer from Attention Deficit Disorder become adults that suffer from it. Most times because it's never diagnosed as anything but you will see it being a lot more disruptive in your life as an adult when you're an adult a lot of things that characterize this disorder um, can become very severe in how it affects your life It definitely interferes with your ability to pay attention. Um, a lot of people that have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder are not able to exercise age-appropriate inhibition. In other words, a lot of those people take a lot longer to grow up and tend to be quite immature. They can be inattentive, impulsive, have a lot of difficulty with organizing their thoughts or staying focused for long periods of time. Um, they tend to avoid activities that require a sustained mental effort. A lot of times are impatient forgetful about important things, selective listening. Sometimes they're that person that you feel like is ignoring you. Maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally. But this is definitely something that a lot of adults deal with. 
and don't address. I'm going to say this attention disorder can definitely affect your personal relationships in the way of seeming like you don't care in your relationships. Forgetting important moments that happen within your relationships can make the other person feel like you just don't care. Being reckless or careless in your behavior, nobody is going to look at that like you're suffering from some kind of mental disorder. Taking a long time to grow up or deal with grown-up issues, people are just going to look at that as if you're being immature. I think that it's just important to address those concerns if they're extreme for you. Some people function just fine, but if the issues are extreme for you, that might be something to look into. The next issue I'm going to talk about is probably the most common. The most common adult mental disorder is generalized anxiety disorder. Before I tell you what that is, I'm going to tell you what it's not. What it's not is occasional worrying or worrying when it's reasonable. Or, you know, if you get a phone call that somebody you love is in the hospital and you worry on the way there, that's not anxiety. That's normal worrying. Anxiety is present when it's consistent and evolving and when it interferes with your everyday life and when it affects every aspect of your life. It's an exaggerated type of anxiety that causes you to worry excessively about everything. Your health, your relationships, your job, your kids, everything. It can be dangerous and it can be severe. Um, A lot of times people with severe anxiety anticipate the absolute worst all of the time. You won't see these issues, like I said before, play out like you think. Most of the times, these are internal struggles for people. These are things that people deal with on the inside. So you won't see it. Because people think of mental disorders in such an extreme, 
I decided to just describe to you what it would look like in a regular everyday scenario. Someone with severe anxiety would think automatically that something terrible happened. If someone takes too long getting somewhere, if someone isn't answering their phone, and it's not just that you think something terrible happened, because that happens a lot of times. You you might call your boyfriend and they're not answering the phone. You think they're cheating or something like that. But with anxiety, just, just remember, it's the extreme of that. With anxiety, as opposed to you just being in your head like, oh, my boyfriend is cheating. You create scenarios in your head. You actually create scenarios in your head and visualize them as if they're real. You create a scenario in your head. For example, if someone was driving home and they're taking too long to get there, there was a car accident. That's the thought in your head. There was a car accident. If someone's not answering the phone, whoever it is you think they're cheating, you're already visualizing what they're over there doing. Oh, I know it's that girl from here or there or whatever. It can be to the extreme that when you actually figure out that you're wrong, it, it takes you a minute to process it. Thinking like that constantly, and that's why people that suffer from anxiety are not able to be unsure. You have to make things very, very, very clear to them. You can't leave them in an unsure state because they will create scenarios in their head. You cannot leave things open-ended. They have to always feel secure in knowing exactly what's going on. Because it's a constant struggle. It's a constant struggle for them. It can be such a struggle that it causes you to be physically ill. Because you can't stop it. You can't stop worrying thoughts from constantly bombarding you. From constantly invading your brain. It's always worry, 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 worry. Some, it, a lot of times it's completely unreasonable that you're worried. But people who don't suffer from it don't understand. 
So if you know someone that suffers from anxiety, just know that to help them through that, do your best. Or if you have a relationship with someone that, that has anxiety, be sensitive about it because that's not something that they can control. It's a mental disorder. It's a mental illness. Most people, if you could just, you know, choose not to care, you wouldn't care. But with anxiety, it really is a mental illness and you don't have control over it. I dealt with it for many, many, many years. Many years. To the point where my mother didn't didn't answer her phone one day for the whole day. I got up out of my bed in the middle of the night and drove to her house. Because I needed to know that she was okay. Because I couldn't stop my brain from thinking the absolute worst. That something terrible had happened to her. And interestingly enough, um, a lot of people that have generalized anxiety disorder also suffer from panic disorder which is basically another way of saying panic attacks panic attacks are sudden episodes of intense fear um, you may feel rapid heartbeat shortness of breath feelings of dread feeling like you're going to die And like you're losing control. It's very, very scary. I've dealt with them before. I've had them before. And it is terrifying. It's terrifying. So. That's. Another thing that a lot of people with anxiety do suffer from. So I would say, like I said before, if you know someone that suffers from anxiety, try to be a little sensitive about it. It's a very, very challenging thing to live with. It's very hard. Another type of anxiety because anxiety has levels and different subsets of categories, you could say. People think they're just different conditions, but they're really just types of anxiety. Obsessive compulsive disorder is another thing that a lot of adults suffer from. 
OCD is marked by fearful ideas and repetitive thoughts and impulses, intrusive and unwanted thoughts that cause those repetitive behaviors. People do those repetitive behaviors to decrease the anxiety that they feel about whatever's causing it. For example, one of the most common things that you hear with something like OCD is like people are scared of germs or something like that. So they wash their hands repeatedly. With OCD, it's a little bit deeper than you just washing your hands because you're scared of germs. With OCD, it's I'm going to catch a horrible disease if I don't go wash my hands. Or you're thinking something terrible is going to happen because you didn't go wash your hands. So you have to, to reassure yourself that that won't happen. I'm telling y'all, there's levels. There are levels. A lot of these things that I'm describing, you do them in regular everyday life and it's normal. It's normal not to like touching people or not to like germs. But we're talking about mental illness. Mental illness is the extremes of those things. I know somebody that used to get up in the middle of the night every hour and make sure the stove was turned off every hour because they were frightened of a fire happening in the house. You know, for most people, you turn it off you go to bed and that's it. But obsessive compulsive disorder, you have to think about the first word in that. The first word is obsessive. So whatever repetitive behavior that you're doing, you're doing it obsessively to rid yourself of the thoughts that you're having. Trust me when I tell you, that's another condition that you see play out all the time in everyday life and you don't think anything of it. The next thing that I'm going to talk about is something that's very personal to me. And that's post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. When people talk about post-traumatic stress disorder, a lot of times they're relating it to veterans and war and just like all of these extreme things. When there's plenty of people who have not been to war that are walking around with post-traumatic stress disorder. 
All it is, is an anxiety disorder that develops after a traumatic event or experience. That could be a whole lot of things. It doesn't have to be war. It could be a death of a loved one. It could be a terrible accident that you had. It could be a medical ordeal that you went through. But what happens with post-traumatic stress disorder is anytime that you're in a situation that causes you to relive any of those experiences, you become triggered and overcome with fear, worry, sadness, anger. And it becomes, it feels like you're reliving it, basically. If that makes any sense. It just feels like whatever traumatic experience that you had, you're living it over again. That's something that you see in everyday regular life too. Um, I can give you a couple of examples. I definitely have, I have so many traumatic experiences, I can't even tell you. Okay, but I can definitely give you a couple of things and ways that this has played out for me. I used to love going to church when I was younger. I loved going to church. But I have had so many deaths in my family that I can't go to church anymore. And the reason why is because as soon as I step a foot in a church, I relive all of those funerals that I had to go to. That's what I associate church with now, death. So I can't go there without being triggered. I've had a lot of different experiences that for a while I had actually a really, really, really bad car accident at one point and it was like a year before I was able to drive again. because I couldn't drive my car without seeing flashes of what happened. There's people who, fortunately, I got through that one. But the thing with church is something that, that's ongoing. I don't know if that will change or not. It's been that way for a very long time. It can be lifelong for some people where the experiences that they have, the trauma that they have causes them to 
just not be able to live the way that they want to live because they have to avoid those situations at all costs. I feel like, and I don't know, some people might disagree, but I feel like post-traumatic stress can also relate to the way you grew up. Childhood trauma. Childhood trauma. If you were raised in a family with a lot of dysfunction, I feel like you can have some post-traumatic stress that can manifest itself when you're an adult. Where you can see yourself (laughs) avoiding people that remind you of your parents. Just living in a way that doesn't trigger those issues for you. It's something that people suppress very, very often. Childhood trauma is something that people suppress a lot. But sometimes if you look closely at your life, you will see that it is there. It's manifesting itself in the way that you live your life, even if you're not confronting it or dealing with it. It's definitely something to look into. So we have a couple more. And the next one is one that I don't know. I want to say it's been popping lately. There was a a singer, Summer Walker, and she was talking about social anxiety. And then all of a sudden, everybody was saying they have social anxiety. (laughs) Which I find hilarious. Um, Don't place nothing on yourself if you don't know for sure that that's what's going on. Social anxiety disorder is a real thing. Social anxiety disorder is very different than like a social phobia. A specific social phobia is something like, I don't like speaking in front of people. I don't like anybody watching me eat. That's not the same thing. Social anxiety disorder is characterized by overwhelming anxiety and extreme self-consciousness in everyday social situations. When you say everyday social situations, that can be anywhere. It can be your job, school, a family gathering, a party, anywhere where you're around other people. A lot of times, it may cause you to feel a bit panicked where you just want to leave. You may become uncomfortable and self-conscious about everything that you say, thinking you're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Most of the time, like I said, 
being completely unreasonable. But in your mind, that's how you're feeling. That's what you're thinking. If people are laughing, you may think they're laughing at you with no evidence whatsoever. All of these thoughts creep in your mind and invade your mind and make you feel uncomfortable in the situation. It's a little more than shyness. I think a lot of people just... Um, say that's you're just shy it's it's a lot deeper than being shy it's definitely a lot more than being shy but that's not something that you want to place on yourself if you're comfortable when you go to a party and you're able to interact with people normally without feeling like everyone's looking at you or talking about you or staring at you or whatever. But sometimes when you go, you feel that way. Maybe you just don't like the environment that you're in. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're suffering from social anxiety. People with social anxiety feel that way at work doesn't have to be a party there are a lot of times loners or have a small group of friends because they're very uncomfortable around most people and it takes a lot Um, not going to stay on that one too long because I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory the next thing I want to talk about is bipolar bipolar Once again, bipolar is something that I think people think of in extremes. People think that they usually will know if somebody's bipolar. You may know if you're close to the person. I'm sure you will know if you're close to them. But if it's just somebody that you know from work or seeing passing and stuff like that, you probably would have no idea. Bipolar disorder is characterized by severe shifts in a person's mood and energy that makes it difficult for them to function. They usually will have repeated mood swings or episodes. They go back and forth between manic and depressive episodes. When they're manic, there's a lot of restlessness, euphoria, irritability, Unable to concentrate, fast talking or over talking, escalated self-importance, sleeplessness, random sexual behavior, irresponsible spending, aggressive behavior. 
Now, I'm sure that you would think somebody that's going through a manic episode would be, you know, doing the absolute most. But a lot of times, they're just being kind of aggressive. And that doesn't mean physically. It just means the way they're speaking, their behavior, overly happy, overly angry. It's like whatever feeling they're feeling, it's to the extreme. When they're going through the depressive episodes, there's a lot of sadness, anxiousness, emptiness, hopelessness, pessimism, feeling guilty, worthlessness, loss of interest in things, fatigue, difficulty concentrating, suicidal thoughts. Now, yeah, normal people do have mood swings, but with bipolar disorder, that is a regular back and forth pendulum. And it's very random. You can be going through a manic episode and the next time that you talk to them, they're in a depressive state, the complete opposite. in your mind with no absolute reason. I think that bipolar disorder is probably one of the hardest conditions to manage and try to have some semblance of a normal life as an adult. Because you always being one extreme or another there's you know most of us kind of coast on like this middle gray area and when you're bipolar it's always like one extreme or the other back and forth no one knows how to deal with you because they don't know what you're going to present back if you're going to be in a depressive state if you're going to be in a manic state If you have any of those symptoms or characteristics about yourself, there's nothing wrong with looking into it and maybe seeing, maybe seeing if there's something more to that. Because it's normal to have mood swings occasionally, but it's not normal to live in mood swings to be bouncing back and forth between a pendulum of the highest high and the lowest low. So definitely look into that. If that's something that, you know, pertains to you. I think the next thing that I'm going to talk about is something that is not talked about enough. I think way more people suffer from this than they're aware of. And I have actually a lot to say on this subject. What I'm going to talk about now is borderline personality disorder. 
I think when people hear personality disorder, they're automatically like, oh, that's like a multiple personality, split personality type of situation. Borderline personality disorder is a mental disorder that impacts the way you think and feel about yourself and others, including self-image issues, difficulty managing your emotions and behaviors, and it's categorized or characterized rather by a pattern of unstable relationships. There's often a fear of abandonment. Um, People usually have a hard time being alone. A lot of times they go to extremes to avoid real or imagined rejection. They often idealize people one minute and then all of a sudden change their whole perspective on the person and think they're bad because they did one thing. They have a lot of rapid and wavering changes in their identity go back and forth and shift between their goals and values and a lot of times when they're seeing that their values aren't where they should be they feel like they're a bad person there's a lot of stress related paranoia um Impulsive behavior, stuff like reckless driving, unprotected sex, spending money unnecessarily, binge eating, sabotaging good relationships in their life, even though they want close relationships. That goes right back to the pattern of idealizing people and then thinking the lowest low of them when they do one thing wrong to you. They often have extreme mood swings that last for days at a time. Feelings of emptiness, they feel inappropriate anger towards people sometimes as an adult you'll see it manifest by you not being able to stay focused enough to stay at one job for a long period of time maybe not finishing school and mostly this condition the reason why I said most this is the one that I think people miss more often than the others is because this condition has 
a very direct impact on the type of relationships that you have. It's characterized by conflict-filled relationships. If it's a lot of times you can't figure out why you cannot get your relationships to be right or you feel like you sabotage your relationships yourself. You just can't maintain healthy relationships with people. It might be something to look into. A lot of people that develop borderline personality disorder have been exposed to hostile or unstable family relationships when they were younger. And these things have developed as a result. It's definitely something to consider. If any of those things apply to you, or if you see any of those traits in yourself, I would definitely consider looking into it. I can tell you, um, as a person who suffered from anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and depression, mental illness is nothing to play with. If you don't address it, you will not be able to maintain healthy relationships with people. People will not understand you, nor understand the reason you do the things you do, that the way you think, the way you think. Like you have, you have to deal with it. You have to face it. Nothing got better for me until I dealt with it. I dealt with mine by going to therapy. I definitely don't believe in addressing everything with medication. That's just me. I'm not a doctor, though. I'm sure if you go to a therapist or a psychiatrist, they would be able to tell you more what would be a better way for you to handle it, specifically for your own situation. For me, I did not feel like any type of medication was the answer. I don't really feel like I need to address depression. I think that everybody knows what depression is. And I think, honestly, depression is just another subsidiary of all of those other conditions. A lot of those other conditions include depression somewhere in there. Anxiety and depression are often hand in hand, not always, but a lot of times. So I don't think that I need to explain what depression is. I think that most people know what that is. Um, there's other conditions that I didn't address here, like schizophrenia and stuff like that. Those are extreme conditions. 
the ones I wanted to talk about were the ones that the people that are in your regular everyday life are probably dealing with. Some not being addressed. I just wanted to explain to you how people can be dealing with these things and you not know. How you yourself can be dealing with these things and not know. Your mental health is nothing to play with. It's everything that you have in order to survive in this world. I mean, look at the year 2020 that we've had. This has been one of the most challenging years ever. Having a very you know, scary, deadly pandemic going on. I'm sure people with anxiety are not happy right now. But I want to also tell you about another song that I love that addresses another type of mental health. The song is called Painted Black. It's originally by the Rolling Stones, but Sierra has a version that I like better. So it's called Painted Black and it's by Sierra. And the song actually addresses something that commonly triggers mental illness and it's grief grief and grief is something I've had to deal with overwhelmingly my entire life so I want you to go and find that song it's like I said it's originally by the Rolling Stones but it was remade by Sierra and it's called Painted Black. Go listen to the lyrics of that song. It just addresses the darkness that you feel when you lose someone. But this has been a long episode almost an hour wow okay i'm gonna get ready to go (laughs) this this is heavy for me i'm gonna get ready to go i want to thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk next episode thank you so much for listening and i'm out